views expressed on this program are for entertainment purposes only. No one claims to be an expert on inoculations. Their views are only their opinions. The program is an article review about the September issue of Smithsonian Magazine in 2017. Written by Stephen Koss, Sowers, Benjamin Franklin, and American Life. By Walter Isaacson. Hello Mike, I understand this week's program is about how Ben Franklin regretted inoculating his son. Yes, in February 1732 smallpox broke out in Philadelphia. In 30% of all cases the patients died, and it was more fatal in children. Even if a person survived the disease they were often left blind, brain damaged, or horribly disfigured. But there were inoculations in those days. How did doctors perform them? A doctor used a scalpel and a quill, the same type of quill used for writing a letter. But instead of dipping the quill in ink, they would collect liquid from a person with smallpox. They would dip the quill into blisters on the victim's body and put the material in a vial. Later, they would make a small incision on a healthy person's arm and insert the material. Sometimes people became slightly ill, broke out in a few smallish pox, and recovered quickly. But sometimes they developed a full case of smallpox or other complications and died. Ben Franklin's newspaper The Gazette reported that of the several hundreds of people inoculated in the Boston area that year, about four had died. Even with those deaths, doctors attributed it to smallpox contracted before inoculation. Ben Franklin was now a successful businessman and decided to take a wife in a common-law marriage relationship in 1730. His wife somewhat amazingly agreed to help raise an illegitimate son he had fathered. A wife agreeing to raise a man's illegitimate child would be hard to believe in today's world. Ben Franklin's relationship with his wife was hard to believe. She was one of a kind. When his wife Deborah gave birth to a son in 1732, Ben Franklin was quoted as saying it gave him the most delightful cares in the world. They nicknamed him Frankie and he became the greatest joy in Ben Franklin's life. Ben Franklin wanted Frankie to be inoculated for smallpox, but Frankie was often ill and Ben Franklin's wife worried he wasn't strong enough to get an inoculation. They argued about this often. And finally, Ben Franklin gave up. His wife wasn't the only one against children being inoculated. A popular preacher claimed inoculations were the devil's work, and many people in those days were afraid to inoculate their children. Unfortunately, Frankie died from smallpox a month after his fourth birthday in 1736. Ben Franklin didn't blame his wife, he blamed himself. They were both devastated. He felt his son died because he didn't take the initiative to get him inoculated. He may have said he didn't blame his wife, but when he went to London to carry out his diplomatic duties, he didn't even return when his wife was sick. He didn't return until after her death. Of course, he always proclaimed she was a good mother and was always sending gifts to her. Historians will always blame her for not going to join him in England, but she was not very educated and wouldn't have done well with some of the sophisticated people in London high society. Historians would have probably chastised her for her awkwardness, in any case, Ben Franklin publicly never blamed her for his only son's death. But do you think a parent is the right to determine whether they should inoculate their child? The other side thinks parents should have the right to inoculate their child. If financially possible, if you don't want your child inoculated, you can always try homeschooling, a private school, or a tutor for three or four students. But don't be like Ben Franklin who didn't prepare himself in case his decision was wrong. 
you may face years and years of regret and sorrow. Well, it's time to go. This is Samantha and Mike saying goodbye.